Today, Jacksonville got Trevor Lawrence's Stephon Diggs. His touchdown. <laughs> Calvin Ridley was by himself. That, that's who Ridley is. And they will fake it to Gurley. Ryan, some pressure. Steps away, throwing end zone, and it's caught. Hitting the pylon, and he's in for the touchdown. Calvin Ridley for six. <laughs> Lofting for the corner. It's a touchdown. Ridley again. You guys know how much I love Steph. I think he's the best run runner in the NFL, right? That's who Calvin Ridley is. Second down off the place fake. Getting it away. Calvin Ridley doing the rest. all three years but seemingly taking it to a new level this year they work out of the uh, trick set here and russell gates throwing it deep for ridley and a touchdown the expectations will now be that trevor lawrence in 2023 takes a meteoric rise yep. i can't love this more from jack yeah. another fake it's ryan has time going to the end zone it is caught for the touchdown XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome out to the Players Championship Practice Rounds. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith live in Ponte Vedra. E.T. back at the homestead, but not for too much longer. He'll join us out here on Thursday. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. I've spent more time with you this morning than I like to. <laughs> so I know you're all right. But uh, Yeah, I'm good. We drove in together and had a little breakfast, and now we are ready to rock and roll. And, man, I mean, is this what the forecast is calling for for the rest of the week? I, I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm not that, I'm that guy, so. right? I don't look at the weather forecast until that morning. Like I thought, looking at it briefly last week, obviously one week to another, it can change quite a bit. But sure. briefly looking at it, it looked like the weather was going to be good for the days. At least we were going to be out here, which is what I was looking for. Yeah. Right well, I heard Friday. Mostly sunny, a high of 82 today. Yeah. just perfect. Last year, right Friday was a mess. Remember, we had the the storms. We wound up having to go to Mr. Chubby's to do the show. Yes, we did. Like the whole deal. Uh, we we had like sixteen broadcast locations that day. Yeah, in fact, including uh, front seat of my car. Yeah, was one of them. As and uh, Thursday was kind of a mess too. Like the storms rolled in while we were doing the show from out here on Thursday, and I don't know if the shows the rest of the day wound up here or somewhere else. But I know we were here, we like, and we were sitting here going, "When are they going to come tell us we got to leave? When are they going to come right. tell us we got to leave?" Right. We don't concern ourselves with these other shows uh. that allegedly <laughs> populate the airways on 1010XL 92.5 FM. No, we we love all the shows on this network, and we encourage you to never uh, turn the dial unless it's flipping between the two. If we've got a split broadcast, so mm-hmm. uh, ET, good morning. How are you back at the homestead? Yeah, uh, I'm looking out for you. I'm trying to. Okay, um, there is a bar. It is the oh. most visible thing oh. uh, that is, what is it, Tony, 50 feet away? Eh, something like that. You're I talking dirty to me, and I kind of like it. Okay, well, here's the deal, E. I took the 50-foot stroll. Uh-huh. What do you think I asked him? Do y'all happen to have uh, Hennessy? That's exactly what I, I asked him. Okay? And my man's out of luck, I hate <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> so, uh, I already know. You know, uh, and, and they had quite a selection. I will say that, but not the hen. So, hey, there's, there you go. Uh, you know, just <laughs> pregame, man. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'll have to get a sponsorship, <laughs> it's a little, man. And I had to tell them, I'm like, look, it's 10 a.m. 
I'm asking for a friend. Right? <laughs> no, this for is, real. This, asking for I'm, a friend. No, I really am asking for a friend this time. I mean, this for the one time you use that phrase, and it's actually accurate. <laughs> I'm scouting uh, days ahead, doing the scouting for you, E. So I'm doing my best here, man. But it is it is perfect out here, Tone. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, got a lot of great Jaguar football to discuss today. That's what we're going to be doing. But I uh, just wanted to set the scene as uh, folks out here watching practice rounds. We can see the 10th tee box from where we are, as we said, if you if you come in and the 10th tee is on your left, we are on your right, and that's where we'll be broadcasting, uh, Tony and I, uh, today, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday during the tournament. Maybe we'll do a little uh, Players' Championship contest. Want to make it simple. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll do it right now. How about this? Rather than do it off the, the cuff, because I have it beating around in my head. Okay. I'll discuss with you on the break. <laughs> we'll right. come back. And it's basically predict – it's going to be like predict the, the top three in the winning score, something like that, right? Something, and, something and, simple. Yeah. And it's, you know, some, something pretty easy. Like you you pick your three favorite golfers and the winning score, and uh, that may be it. And then uh, I've got all that Jaguar memorabilia I've got mm-hmm. to give away. Um, you know, I, I went last off season. Up to uh, we go up to uh, Hilton Head uh, for a week in the summer, and in a sports memorabilia shop up there, I got a, a Fournette Jaguars Funko Pop deal. I not super valuable, but I got a really nice like embroidered Jaguar logo football for autographing. You know the kind like it's yeah. like white on one side and it's for signing. So and, and then I had a plan for who I was going to get to sign that football this year. And uh, it's been in my house <laughs> since I came home. Right. Wouldn't be surprised if it's in the bag I bought it in or that, you know, that I checked out in. But, you know, I'm a procrastinator, Tony. Uh-huh. One of these years, I'll give that thing away, and you'll really uh, wish you had been the one who had won it. But uh, today, <laughs> uh, we celebrate the Jaguars. I don't know if it's a double victory. I think the victory would have been you get the long-term extension done with Evan Ingram. But yeah. as expected – um, you know, it, it, just because it's reported that the franchise tag is going on somebody, it's not there until it's there, right? Yeah. And I'm sure the Jags continue to try to avoid using it on Evan Ingram simply because it lowers your cap number. And then at least there's a possibility you could contemplate, do we want to go the Juwan Taylor route mm-hmm. with the franchise tag? Now that it's on Evan Ingram, you know that Juwan Taylor next week is going to hit free agency. I, I would be shocked if they get something worked out between now and then. You know, I don't, I don't know what – how much more ground you can close. Like, I don't know what sure. – the sides of exchange offers, if they're at all close. But if I'm Juwan's camp, I'm probably at the point now where just let me see what the market will bear. Yeah, no doubt. And really, I didn't – we've been discussing Evan Ingram and the odds of him winding up back here in Jacksonville for at least one more year on the franchise tag if that's what they have to do. And we've been – you know, that 95% plus sure that that's where this yeah. was going to land the whole time. That Ingram was going to be in Jacksonville, whether that be on the franchise tag or a long-term extension, if they can get that done, they're not letting him walk in free agency. And that means that they're going to have to make either a really big offer to Juwan Taylor to get him to not listen to the offers that are going to be out there for him in free agency or get something done with Evan Ingram so that they could use a tag if they wanted to. On Juwan, and I think that's really what was going to have to happen if the Jags were going to keep both those guys. 
right, is the long-term extension get done with Ingram and then you could use the tag because they certainly seem to want Jawan Taylor back. So it would put them in a position where they could use the tag on Taylor, even if that's not the direction I would go with what to do with Jawan Taylor. That, that I think, was the best option to get both those guys back in-house. If we're talking a week away from him being able to hear from the entire league, you know, what the offers are going to be in free agency for Jawan Taylor. The odds of being able to work out a contract extension at this point, I think, are really slim with well, Jawan. And I doubt that Jeremy Fowler's report that Jawan Taylor's market's going to be hot and that he could get 17 to $18 million on an annual average basis. That's not just yeah. like, hey, one-year franchise tag, $18 million, is he worth it? And you bite the bullet for one year. This is... An ongoing – now, granted, you get the long-term extension, you can stack the, the salary cap hits. And, again, it's like the Jags talked about. comes down to cash versus cap. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now the Buccaneers are sitting nearly $60 million over the salary cap. Is there any chance they don't get under the cap before next week? There's no, zero chance. Yeah. Of course they will. You know, But I keep hearing people talk about why aren't the Bucks a candidate to uh, sign one of these quarterbacks? Well, you can get <laughs> under the cap, but – Clear sixty million and then add a quarterback salary on top of that. I, sure, yeah, that that's not likely to happen. At least not a uh, a quarterback like the type we're seeing on the market. I mean, Geno Smith just got what three years, hundred and five million yep. yesterday. So, which I don't think is unreasonable. No, for the year that he had, he's a great fit in their offense. They they proved that to them last year. He just took longer to get there, and it's not the longest term commitment. You know, he plays it out for two more years. You draft a quarterback going into his third year if you want to. Uh, or maybe he gets another. Maybe he becomes the late career Kirk Cousins. Maybe, and, yeah. You know, he just keeps getting that great money. But he's going to make more money, like three times as much this year than he's made in his entire career to this point in time. It's good to be a quarterback, Tony. That's why you keep hanging in there and not retiring if you're Geno yeah. Smith, right? I mean, my gosh. Not that $17 million that he had earned up to this point. Uh, was chump change. And then, of course, uh, Calvin Ridley reinstated 364 days. Mm -hmm. So basically a full calendar year. And I'm glad that this is out of the way, though, right? Even though we felt very confident that this is the way it's going to go, I'm sure the Jags felt confident as well. You know, you can't know until you know because you don't know. You're not allowed to talk to Ridley uh, until he's reinstated. So you don't know what he's been up to in all this time. I think the Jags took a calculated gamble. And it paid off in spades for them. And now you're going to have Calvin Ridley who put out a statement yesterday. You know, you know, basically, hey, look, I put myself in a bad situation. I'm going to be fully committed to showing my new teammates, coaching staff, city of Jacksonville, I'm ready to go. Uh, and now it's official. And now you can, we can start debating Calvin Ridley versus Christian Kirk, who's going to have the better numbers. Who cares, yes, right? Yes. I don't care. Tell me what the combined numbers are going to be from these guys. Can they both get – over 1,000 yards receiving this year. I don't see any reason why they can't because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take another step forward. I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor gets up in that 45, 4,600-yard passing range this season. And now you got Ridley, who, you know, if you've ever watched a down of him play, uh, you know, is is one of the most devastating route runners, as you heard Dan Arlovsky talking about in the intro right there. Um, You know, Christian Kirk's a great route runner. You've got guys who are precision. I think you've got... A top three, I mean, Zay Jones probably still be maybe the fastest of them. Ridley's right there with him. I mean, they're, they're both very fast, mm-hmm. right? But I think they're all pretty versatile, right? I think all of them can be deep threats uh, depending on how you scheme it up. It's not like there's any one guy you're just going to send 
down the field into double coverage and you know, it, it, there's not a Randy Moss type deep threat on this team, but I think they can all run the short, intermediate, and deep stuff. Uh, and now you bring back Evan Ingram and uh, Trevor Lawrence. He's got all the weapons he could possibly need. Now the question is, will he have all the protection that he needs up front? So we've got uh, a couple of things going on today. The question of the day by Chad and Sandy Real Estate is one that we had decided on yesterday to ask, and then the Calvin Ridley reinstatement. Uh, we decided to throw a bonus question out there as well. So the first question is a simple one-click poll, okay? This is basically asking you who do you think is the best quarterback prospect in the NFL draft this mm-hmm. year. Right? As a Jaguars fan, which of these three quarterbacks would you least like to see end up in the AFC South? Knowing there's a great chance, most likely you could determine a likelihood that two of the three will go there. Nobody's saying you need to be afraid of them, right? Nobody's saying you won't have the best quarterback in the division in Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, Tony, I hope that the Texans and the Colts fail miserably, right? So I want them to get the worst of the trio, whoever that ends up being, uh, because why not? I mean, take full advantage of the position that your team is in right now, you got the talk of the Tennessee Titans maybe being willing to yep. trade Derrick Henry, although there have been reports pushing back on that I've seen as yeah. well. It's not that I'm pulling against any of these players specifically, but I hope all these teams draft a Gabbard. Right? Uh, like, that's what I want to see happen. Correct. I'm not, I'm not three years down now. the line, they're saying, oh, we got to read consider our options here at quarterback right i'm not pulling against them now second they get drafted to an asc south team i'm pulling against them yeah i mean that's just the way it is i don't care who they where they went to school or anything else but anthony richardson cj stroud bryce young just listed alphabetically by their last names which of those three would you least like to see in other words who do you think has i don't even want to say i put it in a category of who do you think is the biggest upside i mean richardson may have the biggest upside of most quarterbacks who've ever come out, you know, but mm-hmm. but what is the likelihood that he reaches that upset? He has a massive downside as well. So which of those three quarterbacks do you least want to see uh, in your division maybe for the next decade plus uh, if things click for them? And the secondary question of both of them presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate, multiple offers on your home in three days or they will sell it for free, is uh, simply this. Fill in the blank. We like simple around these parts. Uh, and uh, the question where we ask you to fill in the blank is, in 2023, wide receiver Calvin Ridley will blank. Mm-hmm. You fill in the blank however you determine. First one I saw was dominate. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a one-word answer. It could be anything you want as long as it's, you know, you're not writing a paragraph because I <laughs> feel like reading a paragraph. But uh, also I got one on uh, the text line yesterday I want to get back to today that we didn't have a chance to discuss. Uh, we got Todd McShay's latest mock draft out there I know if you've been listening to the drill this morning they discussed that a little bit uh, with the Jags going offensive line in the first round but uh, if you want to get on board today we'd love to discuss the Jacksonville Jaguars with a week to go until free agency what are your thoughts will Jawan Taylor be back your expectations for Calvin Ridley are you disappointed that Evan Ingram got the franchise tag and didn't get a long-term deal worked out or do you think it eventually works itself out I'd like it to work itself out um, you know, as quickly as possible mm-hmm. if it's going to. Because right now, OverTheCap.com has got the Jags at – I'm going to round it off to basically $5 million over at the moment because they just added Evan Ingram and Calvin Ridley's combined salaries of about $22 million, a little bit more than that. But their effective cap space is actually $8 million over the cap because you've got a, a lot for the rookie class yep. coming in. So basically the Jags need to shed – 
$8 million, roughly, a little bit more than that, in order to just simply sign their draft picks, not add a single outside free agent. So, you know, the whole Arden Key discussion has moved to the back burner. Certainly at this point, it appears, because we haven't heard anything on the Arden Key front, really, in terms of movement, that he is going to at least see what the market bears in free agency. I know they'd like him back. I know he wants to be back. But, you know, money talks when you're in your mid-20s getting your crack at your first real big sure. life-changing contract in the National Football League. So, all right, there you have it. If you want to be a part of it, 641-1010 on the phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. And hit us up on Twitter today if you want to answer those questions that way, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at IME2. Uh, T. Come on, somebody. Come on, Hennessy. Where are you at? Yeah, y'all tripping. Tighten up. A little disappointing, E. I mean, otherwise, a, a perfectly pristine. I'm going to give the uh, players this year probably a 99.99 <laughs> grade. But, you know, if you're if you're Hennessy free, that ain't for E. Uh, so, that's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. All right, uh, Jaguars today, we're live in Ponte Vedra at the uh, Tournament Players Club, the TPC, the Players Championship, or the Players, whatever you want to call it. We all know what you're talking about. And uh, let's talk Jaguar football for the next two hours right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. DA got that Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. <laughs> is that a steel drum? That is. Yeah. yeah. Steel drum sounds awesome, doesn't it? I mean, I had no musical talent whatsoever, but I do like the sound of a steel drum. All right, we're live. <laughs> I got to teach y'all this dance. Oh, oh you got to dance? Yeah, it goes with it. Yeah, you got to yeah. teach me a dance. Man, you and I tried to get a handshake for like two years. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm watching the Knicks the other day, and... You know, quickly at the end of the game, he scores 38 double overtime. And and just like everybody else, right? he's got his own handshake with every single guy. Like everyone has their own handshake, different handshake with every. Yeah, Josh Allen has one with, I think, every teammate. Yeah, every team up in Buffalo. Every yeah. teammate. Cliff had, yeah, I mean, that's, that's insane. All the guys on the defense back when Cliff was playing with Seattle, all of them had a handshake with everybody. I'm like, how do y'all remember all of that? I don't get it, man. Okay. I don't know. Don't, you better not forget your playbook, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right? <laughs> you better not. That's you true. better, oh, man, I ran the wrong route, coach. Yeah, got that handshake right, though, didn't right? you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, 641-1010 if you want to jump in, talk Jaguar football. I mean, it's an abundant day of Jaguar topics right now. Free agency is a week away, and we've got Evan Ingram on the franchise tag, so the offense looks stacked. At mm. least that mm. front line uh, group of skill position guys, Tony. For sure. This is, uh, you know, you're, we're harkening back a little bit here, but, uh, I mean, how good can Calvin Ridley be, I think, is the big question here. When last we saw him for a full season, he was the 1,300-yard, 90-catch type guy that could do pretty much everything. He's always been really effective in the red zone, too, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my reaction to it all yesterday was with the Ridley news coming down and the Ingram franchise tag becoming official. <clears throat> and I saw Shipley tweet out the offensive skill position guys two years ago and the offensive skill position guys going into this season now uh, for this Jaguars team. And it is remarkable, right, what they've done in two years on that side well, of the ball here in Jacksonville. And I, I thought about it. We've seen – the Jags have to rebuild and remake themselves countless numbers of times here in the last 10 to 15 years, right? But they've never done it like this, where they hit the quarterback, 
which allows you to spend money effectively with everything else you're doing on offense at skill positions. You can spend big money on a guy like Christian Kirk, and you're going to pay the dividends on that because your quarterback's going to pay the dividends on that. Right? Like, they haven't had that. So it's a completely different feel around here. Even when they were successful, you know, 2005 and 2007, that was – Jaguars teams that were so much about defense and running the football, and we knew that it could work for a short time, right? But it wasn't a long-term solution in the National Football League. This feels like a solid foundation that you can build on upon, hopefully for the next 10 to 15 years. Let me just say, I don't know if you can still hear me, Cole Pepper better be glad he's a 1010 alumni, just bogarting right through the 1010 <laughs> like he still works for us. Hey, what's up, Cole Pepper uh, and the uh, but we do have like a little little backdoor breezy going we on, do. which actually I think we need. <laughs> it's going to get pretty warm out here yeah. pretty soon. But uh, it's fun, man. It's fun being out here. It's fun to see what the Jags have put together potentially. And mm-hmm. so let's get out to the phone lines. we got a few of them waiting to get in, talk Jaguar football with us. We'll start up on the north side with our man Mac this morning. Mac, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, uh, what's up, Jaguar today, crew? Uh, Mike, I'm going to take this real I'm going to put it on real quick, and I'm going to take it off the air. All right. Uh, with, the, with, the, with the reinstatement of uh, Calvin Ridley, is that the end of Marvin Jones and uh, Jaguars crew? Y'all All right, appreciate it, man. I, I got to believe that's the yeah. case. You know, just – I mean, Marvin Jones is a very good player for the Jags. You know what I mean? He was a, a very reliable guy, and he made some big plays for this team. The overall numbers weren't mind-boggling, but he came up with some clutch third and fourth down catches Mm -hmm. for this team. Trevor Lawrence trusted him. He had reliable hands. He could trust him to get open. Uh, Trevor would throw him a tight window ball and expect him to come down with it, and he generally would. But, I mean, you are not making this move for Calvin Ridley because you're just adding him to the pile. You're, You're doing this to elevate your wide receiver core. Marvin Jones has been a very good player. In this league, what he had four straight years of nine touchdowns when mm-hmm. he was in Detroit. Uh, very good player, but I do believe his time has come and gone here in Jacksonville. And uh, you know, look, how many reps would he? How many balls would he get? Tony he had eighty-one targets last year. Yeah, right. Ridley comes in. Let's say he gets one hundred and twenty. That may be low, right? Because what uh, I think Christian Kirk had one thirty-three last year. Okay, so maybe Kirk comes down to one twenty. Ridley gets one twenty. So that's a, at like an extra thirty targets. Now, maybe that'll just because their, their offense is more effective, they're clicking, they get more opportunities, more plays, things like that. But I, I don't know what would be left over for Marvin Jones in this offense. Yeah, and I don't think it's ridiculous to consider whether the team would be better off with Marvin Jones or Zay Jones as kind of that fourth option in the passing game. Like, I do think there's something to at least consider there, but I think if you're looking at where each of them are in their current contracts, that – that decision is pretty much going to be made for him. And I don't see a way to hold on to both, right? Like, that's your third wide receiver, your fourth option in the passing game at that point. The decision has pretty much been made. That There may be a young guy that they draft and try to develop into, you know, one of those young receivers as that fourth guy, but I don't think you're spending that kind of money on your third or fourth right. wide receiver. Plus you have point. Agnew, yeah. right, for another year, still yeah. under contract, and people have asked that, you know, what, what's up with Agnew? Well, nothing. I mean, he's here. Uh, he is under contract. He's got one more year left on his deal, and I think he's going to be a vital part of this football I team. I do too. You know, I mean, just primarily as the, the return guy, but I mean, my goodness, uh, he, he can change a game at that position, and he'll still be sprinkled in. With the offense, I don't know. I think at this stage I'd probably rather have Zay Jones. Zay, I, I, 
just tell you, man, I, I don't think any of us could have expected mm-hmm. recently. There's always pie-in-the-sky Jaguar fans that predict, you know, 8 billion yards for this guy, whatever. But sure. for Zay to go over 800 yards the way he did last year and to have all the catches he did and at times show up and, and be the featured receiver in a handful of games, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, good in terms of age, great fit, great – not that Marvin Jones wasn't those things. He's just a little bit older. Um I'm happy with what they've got now. I appreciate what Marvin Jones Jr. gave to this football team. Well, and I think, you know, you start the Marvin Jones conversation talking about the clutch moments for him last year, right? And there were so many of those really tight moments where Trevor Lawrence was looking to Marvin Jones, you know, down in the red zone and those kinds of moments and on third downs and that kind of thing. I think if you're having the debate about, whether the roster's better off with Marvin Jones as the fourth option in the passing game or Zay Jones, that's where the argument is, right? It's that Marvin is such a clutch player in those spots. I'm not saying Zay Jones can't be, mm-hmm. but that's essentially what Zay is going to be reduced to in the offense. He's the fourth option now. He was the third option last year, Correct. and he was fine in that spot. But he's going to be pushed down to the fourth option in this offense. Including in the past, Ingram. Right, with yeah. Ingram in there. And so what I, I think there is at least a discussion to be had about is the team better off with Marvin Jones or Zay Jones in that kind of role? We've already seen Marvin Jones excel at doing that for him. You know, last year, I, I think Zay played well enough last season that I'm not saying that he can't do it, right? He surprised me. Like you said, I think he surprised a lot of people last year. But uh, there does, there's a discussion to be had. Ultimately, they're going to release Marvin Jones. See, I think what is going to happen is that Calvin Ridley replaces him in that role. That he's never coming off the field. He and Kirk are always going to be on the field. Mm-hmm. And in the red zone, he's going to be your route runner, your sure-handed guy. Here we go, thoroughfare once again. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's that's not Cole. I, I don't know who no. these people are. But they'll, they'll just walk right through the workspace uh, here at the players. But anyway, uh, without getting bogged down in it again, Marvin Jones, thanks for the contributions. But I feel like the Jags have upgraded, and I think they feel that way. Absolutely, well. yeah. Uh, out to Gainesville we go. Byron is next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Byron. Good morning, 1010 family, man. You know down here in Gainesville we love you guys up there. I'm a big fan. Uh, real quick on the, uh, the you know, the stuff we talk about, the, uh, the team keeping together, I, I'm just so upset that we finally get a great team. And, and thank you very much for all the players who came here that might have to leave. I wish we could just keep all of them. And, uh, I, you know, I just wish the NFL would give us a break. And I'm sure Sean Kahn don't want to hear that because he'd have to pay a bunch of money. But going on to what I called about, guys, uh, Trayvon uh, Walker, guys, I've seen a defensive player on ESPN years ago say that his first year in the league was tough because he just had one move and he was just trying to overpower. I don't know even with Josh Allen, but just real quick, guys, and maybe Jay, uh, somebody could help us with this. Uh, let me know, do you think – He's going to work on another move, a spin move. And being a basketball player, that ain't easy to do. But do you think him and Josh Allen will work on two moves and another move this year? I think it would be helpful for him getting more sex. Thanks, guys. Duval! Duval! <laughs> I was surprised he didn't come in leading off with that right there. Tom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do I think he will? He better. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope every player – Yeah is trying to improve their game and add things to their game every single year. Go well, to those pass rushing camps, whether it's Von Miller or whoever puts one on, and yeah. pick some tips up. I don't think it's just smoke that 
so much is talked about with that transition from year one to year two in the league. I don't, I don't think that is just something that's been made up. I think that's a real thing, right, that these rookies come in, the limited on-field time that you have to even work with these guys, and you have an idea maybe when Trayvon Walker comes in that we want to work on X, Y, and Z with Trayvon Walker, right? Like, we need him to improve in these areas. Well, you're also with a guy like Walker having to figure out what position you want him to play and train him to play that position. Because he may have played it some at Georgia, but he didn't play it all at Georgia, right? right? Like, he was moved all over the place. So it's we have to make sure that he is ready to play outside linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that means that he's going to have to be ready to go against the run game, ready to go in pass rush, and ready to go as an outside linebacker playing coverage from time to time. Like, that's going to be the job. So you have to make sure he's ready to do all those things. And when you're doing that, do you have time to set aside 20 minutes every day to say, hey, man, let's work on a spin move, right? Like, how much time do you have to do those kind of things? I think – the offseason from year one to year two is when you can really see that kind of work get done. I certainly think he's athletic enough to do those kinds of things. I don't know if it'll work out for him, but I think he's athletic enough to do whatever you would ask a stand-up linebacker to do in the NFL. Oh, he, yeah, right. But he's got to pair that with the technique. And, and yep. again, yeah, do I expect him to do it? Uh, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether it's a spin move, whatever. I expect him to develop counter moves, right? Yep. You can't just rush – power every single time you'll get eaten up in the NFL you'll win sometimes right and he won sometimes but and I'm not saying he never affected the play to others you know there were occasions when others benefit from his pressure certainly not enough for the number one overall pick in the draft so let's hope that's where we see a big area of improvement on this team this year uh, let's go to James and Nocatee next up here on Jaguars today this morning at 641-1010 James good morning I'm Cole Pepper. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Cole Pepper, yes. <laughs> we should all do our Cole Peppers uh, today. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. But, like, just a couple of points. Um, first point is I just wanted to know how close you guys uh, – how close are the Jaguars to going best player available in the draft? And um, does that coincide with fixing the offensive line inability to move men during the run – or during uh, uh, running the ball? Because the bottom 15 – uh, defenses we faced, we were very good against the run, but the top five, uh, top 15 defenses, we had problems getting pushed. And I, I don't know if that's coincided with the wall walking. I don't know what that case is, but what are we going to do to fix that issue? And, uh, and I'll take it all up here. But thank you. All right, I appreciate it, man. Uh, there are a couple of different layers to that question right there, right, Tony? Uh, first of all, I think, you know, the, the thing about Juwan Taylor that they like so much isn't mm-hmm. that they, he pushes people around in the run game, it's his pass protection, right? And, and, you don't have many elite pass protecting run block or right tackles, excuse me, in the National Football League. He played like one mm-hmm. in that department last year, but he wasn't great against the run. But then I look, what does Doug Peterson want to do? Probably wants to throw it sixty five percent of the time, right? So I, I don't think getting a road grader is necessarily a priority. Like if they had a guy that they valued, and, and your evaluation, it's tough to know because you're you're going to take in. When you grade a guy, how he fits with what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. So you may grade a guy and say, you know, uh, not knowing what the scheme is, we like him as the 20th best player. Oh, but wait, in our scheme, maybe he's the 40th best player. You know what I mean? Because his strengths don't line up with what we want to try and do. Sure. I think this is a big question 
here now. If we presume, and we'll do this for just a minute here, let's presume Juwan Taylor leaves in free agents. Okay. Goes signs a big contract somewhere. How do we know exactly what they think about Walker Little? Now, they're going to publicly tell you, oh, you know, Walker's going to come in and compete and do all these things. He lost the job last year, yep. right, after they drafted him at 45th overall. In my opinion, clearly to see him as the successor probably to Cam Robinson, mm-hmm. didn't see enough progress to the point where maybe they a combination of that and Cam Robinson playing well, that they give Cam the extension. So now how comfortable are you if you're the Jags just handing the job to Walker Little on the right side? I don't know if that is going to be the case. And then you got the swing tackle situation as well. So I think, you know, putting the overall best player available aside for a minute. When you talk about best player available, that also lines up with your needs. You know, like I remember the year uh, the Jag is like the second year with Byron Leftwich going to the draft. I think it was Gene Smith said at the pre-draft luncheon, yeah, everything's on the table except quarterback. Like, so we may have a quarterback rated as the best player available on the mm-hmm. board. We're not taking, right? Like I talked about the B. John Robinson idea. Would they really take B. John Robinson there? Or would that be too much of a luxury? He could be your highest graded player on the board. Could be. I do think that, you know, we look at it and say, oh, Walker Little, step into that job. I think you're going to start to see a lot of people consider if Juwan Taylor leaves pairing the Jags with an offensive tackle at that spot. And you know what? Walker Little compete with this guy. If you win it, great. And the next year, maybe Cam walks after two years on his contract are done. It's only a three-year deal, and you move Little to the left side. He's still on his rookie deal, and you've got – a second-year guy ready to step in mm-hmm. on the right side. I don't think that's a bad uh, way to go, but I don't think they're going to look and say, man, we're this in run blocking. They want an all-around good player at the position, but they're going to prioritize pass protection way over run blocking, in my opinion. Uh, you would certainly think so, even at a position that hasn't always been a priority pass blocking position at right tackle, right? It has traditionally been more of the run grading kind of offensive tackle position. Um, there in the NFL, but it's not the same NFL that it was in 1993. You know, like it's just not the same league. So everyone has to adjust to some degree. I think regarding best player available for the Jags, I think they're they're pretty much there now, right? Like I really do because they're not going to take a quarterback. I think there are some positions it's like we obviously don't need to mess with that, right? right. Quarterback we're not going to worry about in the first round of the draft, but I think – you can make a pretty compelling argument for pretty much any other position. That include running back? That you? does. Okay. Right? Like, I think B. John Robinson is a skilled enough player at the running back spot that if they're there at 24 and the top five corners in this draft have come off the board and maybe there was one tight end that you liked at 24 and he's off the board and there's two offensive tackles that you may have liked at 24 and he went in the first 23 picks, I think there's the chance that you're there at 24 and Bijan's just the highest-ranked player you have on your board. I think it's fine if you're the Jags and you go that direction now outside of quarterback. Like, I really do think they're about there. We've discussed it a lot over the last couple of weeks. There's maybe two positions on the football team that someone can step in at that 24th pick right now and be the day one starter. From the moment they're drafted to walk in as a starter for this team. So it's not like they're in a position where they have a bunch of those kind of needs. So if you're there at 24 and the best player on your board is whatever he is, okay. Right, we think this is the best player left to us in this draft. I think that's the direction they should go. I think there are a few spots that that won't be the case, but we'll we'll continue this over 
after the break. We'll hold it over. And if you want to get in uh, with your thoughts, 641-1010. Easy way to do it. And hop on board. Let's talk Jaguar football live in Ponte Vedra at the players. Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith. Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, just to uh, put a bow for the moment on that best player available conversation, because this is a conversation that will continue mm-hmm. right up until the NFL draft. Um, you know, one, like, a couple of things. Yes, quarterback off the board, right, clearly. Yep. And it probably wouldn't be a quarterback that would tempt you anyway. Like, if the Jag- it'd be interesting if the Jags owned Arizona's pick at three. Right, what would they do there? Well, they'd probably capitalize on the quarterback market. <laughs> they'd trade out of there and still get a really good player plus a bunch of other assets. But one thing, like last year, Tom, Devin Lloyd, who's you know, was expected to be a full time starter and he was to begin the year as an interior linebacker, an inside linebacker. I think that position's off the board. Right? I'd agree I, with you. Right. Yeah. I mean so there, there I think there are a couple of things. And I think even if you had a guy Graded. Like, I wonder if the Jags don't sit down and say, okay, here's the raw grade on every player. And again, let's shift them in. We got to drop this guy down. How, what would it take for us to take this guy? At what point would we actually pull the trigger on an inside linebacker because he is just that good at what he does? And I think that would, you know, when, when you look at the final grade, then you'd have a Jaguars board for, you know, best player available within reason I suppose well I think you have to do the raw grade thing independent of whatever your team grade is going to be because you need to know if a team's calling you saying hey we're interested in getting to your spot what are they thinking about right and to have some general idea of how you feel about the players around the spot in the draft maybe not guys that we like that's why you're willing to trade right, is, okay, there are these players, we think these are good players, but we're not interested in these players necessarily at this spot in the draft, and that creates an opportunity to drop down potentially and uh, pick up a pick or two and still get a guy that you like later in the draft. That's why you have to do the work to have an overall grade, even if it's not a position that you're necessarily even interested in. Don't disagree, Yeah, but I don't think you draft off that list. Right, I would agree. Right, so if it comes down, you're like, man, twentieth best player overall is an inside linebacker, right? And uh, we're just and we can't trade out of this spot, and we're sitting there at twenty four. He's the highest uh, graded guy. This guy should know better than to <laughs> walk through. There's gonna be barbed wire in here for this guy coming up. I, I'm telling you, because he definitely can't walk through our tent. Now. Well, and I think you have to when you're talking about the difference between a an overall grade where you're just grading the players as your best guess as to how the league may look at the player, right? And then you have, okay, here's our grade on this player as far as, and that's going to fill in whatever your level of need is, your level of interest in the player, the position at this point, that like those kind of things. I think you, I think you do grade off that list. And I think there's a chance that B. John Robinson can be the highest grade graded player you have available to you at 24 on that list. But uh, yeah, you can use Bijan. Though. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like you can even if you just yeah. split, give me each two hundred touches, Bijan and ETN, and and created this super offense. Right. Whereas it, on defense, you got Oluwakin, you got Lloyd, you got Muma. That, that other guy is going to play special team. You're not yeah. draft, you know. So they're, they're very limited 
spots that would be completely off the board. All right, let's, let's move along here because we got them stacked up today uh, at six four one ten ten. Peter is in East Arlington, and he's now on Jaguars today. Good morning, Peter. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Convergent Jags fan, you got to love Trevor. I consider him going into his second year, not his third. Uh, that first one was a wash. What, if anything, can we do to get a pass rusher? Because hey, let me ask you, be... Peter, hold on, before we answer, well, who would you convert from? Uh, Giants. Okay. Oh, how about that? And they're actually kind of getting relevant again. <laughs> so we, we'll take and, you, and, man. And, well, I, I think I think I'm going to see uh, those two teams in the Super Bowl in the next few years because they got two great coaches. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, like I don't want to get too in the weeds with uh, you know the mm-hmm. Daniel Jones situation, how that whole thing's going to play out with the Giants, and they've got a lot of work to do with uh, playmakers around him still. But regardless, what are they going to do to get a pass rush? Well, part of it is going to be hoping that the guys that they have improve. I, it, that's the facts of the matter. Now, yeah, they're going to. Get a guy. And look, you lost Dwan Smoot to injury, and he's a free agent. I, I, who, I have no idea how his rehab is going. Yeah, even if you signed him, what could you count on from Smooter this year? Right? It was like Achilles, right, for yeah. Dwan Smoot. So, you know, that's out the door. Arden Key's out the door. They're going to have to add some pass rush somehow. And you know what? If the right pass rusher is sitting there in the first round, no problem with that. Yeah. You, you could rotate those guys, send them in waves. Guy doesn't have to be – look, because, Tony, one scenario, you hit, you, you draft the pass rusher at 24, and maybe it gives you six and a half sacks as a rookie, which would be great, right, as part of a rotation uh, at that point. Maybe you let Josh Allen walk. Mm-hmm. You, know, at, you don't know, right? I mean, that's among the possibilities. I'm not saying that I'm trying to push him out the door, but – there are a lot of different things you can juggle. What's Josh Allen going to be looking for after sure. his fifth-year option season is played out? Well, I I still think at the top of my list for me, even with the extension with Roy Robertson-Harris, we'll see what they wind up doing with Arden Key, but um, he's at least going to get to a point where he's going to hear offers, it feels like at this point, in free agency. I still think for me the top of the list of needs for this football team is an interior pass rusher. I think that's still at the top of the list for me. I don't think at 24 in the NFL draft there's going to be a great value on an interior pass rusher in this year's draft. You know who I saw mocked to the Jags yesterday? Who? Kalijah Kansi. Uh, Adam Pitt. And yeah. that is that guy, yeah. right? I mean, that is that guy. And he has now put himself into the first-round consideration. He's a little undersized, but, I mean – yeah, you hate to make the comparison because Aaron Donald is so great, but you right. know they went to the same school, they so did, it's a natural yeah. thing. It they're, happens, they're similar yeah. in size and and the type of player they are. But Aaron Donald was, you know, got uh, to be probably the best player in that draft. I can't mm-hmm. recall who else at at the moment was in his draft, but he was a top five selection, I want to say. Yeah. But and their request, the only question about him was in his productivity. It was his size. So maybe they go that route. I mean, I, I don't think that's uh, out of the realm of possibility, and that is one way to address the pass rush as well. Uh, let's see. we got John on the west side next year on Jaguars today. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. I'll be seeing you, seeing you guys later on today, heading out there to check out the concert. Uh, Beautiful. But real quick, real quick, uh, is there any way financially, I know there's going to be a lot of suitors for this guy, but Clark just got cut by Kansas City. Yeah. Is there any way of working that into uh, – for our favor, or I mean, what do you guys? What's your take on it? And I'll listen off the air. Thanks, guys. You got it, buddy. Uh, I think the the in 
the Jags' favor is that he just got cut by Kansas City, right? Like, yeah. Frank Clark's an interesting case. You know he's third all-time in postseason sacks? Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Right? Isn't yeah. that crazy? Right? He's got, like, what, a 14-and-a-half postseason sacks? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good trait to have. It's a good time to show up, right? But No doubt. You look at what he was – he was set to make, like, $20 million this year, something like that, right? And you look at his regular season production, and it just wasn't there. Plus, Tony, is he not more of a, a – classic 4-3 end or am I wrong about Frank Clark that's usually what he's been asked to do at least since he got to Kansas City he also had all the off-field stuff he did that clouded everything here the last couple of years with the handgun and everything that was going on so I don't know how an epidemic yeah days with some of these athletes yeah I don't know how clear of all that he is at this point in his career but yeah the regular season stats aren't great uh, for Frank Clark the last couple of years, but he has been a really good postseason player. I, I'd be fine with the Jaguars considering a guy like Frank Clark. I think if he's – I think it's likely he's going to be out of the price range of whatever they're going to be able to spend on the one guy that they're going to be likely able to spend on. He's had nine know? and a half sacks in the last two years combined. Yeah. Now, great when you get to the postseason. I think he had two and a half more this year in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a good signing by the Chiefs. Because, did they win both of their titles in his window? Um, or did they win the first one right before he got there? I thought he was there. I'm not sure. He was there for the last four years. But uh, yeah. regardless, uh, I think, you know, the benefit is already taking place for the Jags. He's off the Kansas City Chiefs team. Now they've got to look to replace him. But, again, what are you replacing? You're replacing a guy who had five sacks during the regular season. Uh, he was – way overpaid yeah. for his level of production the last several years. His first year in Kansas City had eight sacks. All right, you know what? But that was coming off a 13-sack year. Beware the guy who blows up in a contract year, right? You, you have to factor that in to some degree. So good player, not a great player, great postseason performer. No and, question and he's about a, it. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, both with the Chiefs. Okay, so he did, was there for the first year. So, look, they, E, I'm sure they're quite happy – with the tenure of Frank Clark yeah, in Kansas City. Look, and if he's at the point in his career where he's going to start getting those kind of Justin Houston deals, then yeah. Oh, right, right. right. Like, no, I'm all story. in on that, yes, right? Yes. Like, if the if the market determines that he's going to be more that one-year deal, come on down, let's see what it looks like for a year. Yeah, I'm all about it. I don't know that Frank Clark at this point is ready to do that That's yet. the guy, though. Justin, whether it's Justin Houston, and it may be. Who had like what do you have like nine sacks last year, mm-hmm. and he made three million bucks. Yeah, that's what you got to find. Find me a vet who's done it, who's not going to break the bank. Give me Brandon Graham, right? Give me, give me Justin Houston. If you're absolutely right, if Frank Clark wants to play in that price range, that's a different story. That's a big come down from where he just was, uh, just you know a day ago. Yeah, uh, and he had to know it was coming because there was no guaranteed money left on his deal. So the Chiefs picked up a boatload of cap space in one fell swoop. Right there, not like they won't go out there and try to replenish that. But you know, when talking about what are the Jags going to do for pass rush, from the veteran standpoint, let's find a 34-year-old guy yeah. and sign him to a one-year deal who does nothing but come in on third down and get quarterbacks on the ground like every other game. You know, and that is one avenue 
that is certainly, I think, going to be within the Jaguars' price range. Because, again, they're over the cap as it stands at the moment. They've got until next week to get straight. You can create enough cap room to sign a few of those type of players, not necessarily all at the same position. Yeah. All right, halfway home, got to take a time out here. Live in Ponte Vedra, invite your calls at 641-1010 if you'd like to be a part of it. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, ET back at the homestead. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Like everything you need to know about the Jags, Jaguars today on 1010XL. That's my man E.T. right there. All right, Emmanuel Talarad. Wagwan, my Wagwan. The sound of the islands. <laughs> yeah, man. A little steel drum. I appreciate you. Run it's on. a fake steel drum. Just use the real thing. Hey, whatever. I don't know. Sound good, though. Sounds fine to me. <laughs> Sounds e. fine. I was good with you, man. I appreciate you. E.T.'s looking out. It's like a right keyboard there. steel drum going on. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, that's so aw- – man, I tell you, I'm going to be blocking some people today on, oh. on Twitter. These responses. To, I'm not even going to read them out loud. This is heresy to, oh. you know, this fill-in-the-blank on Calvin Ridley. Yeah. What he's going to do this year. How dare you? Somebody, you know, put a, a horrible response on here. And then – I replied, somebody's angling for a block, and somebody said, ha, honestly, he says out loud what many of us has thought to ourselves. What? what? Like, what? I'm not, I don't even want to say it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't want to speak it into existence. So, it's annoying. Uh, but nevertheless, I probably won't block you for, just for that. But I might. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. What's the big deal? All right. Uh, here is uh, or are the questions of the day today. So far, we've got over 300 votes on our Initial question of the day, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. As a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, which of these quarterbacks would you least like to see end up in the AFC South? Uh, would it be Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young? So, mm-hmm. in other words, you know, again, no, no one's saying you're scared, but don't you want the teams in the AFC South, other than the Jags, to fail? Mm-hmm. I do, right? I hope they, they draft the worst. Give me the next Johnny Manziel and – Baker Mayfield and whatever, you know. Give me the guy who's an absolute bust if I can get it. And I'm more Manziel than Mayfield, but you get the idea. <laughs> I mean, at least man, Mayfield's going to have a career. Yeah. You know. I wonder. I saw somebody saying yesterday he's now at the stage he's resigned to be a career backup. I don't know if he's resigned to that. I mean, I could see in the right scenario a team saying, hey, come on in, compete. You know, it'll be like a one-year stopgap situation. He's still young enough that he may get that look. Maybe, right? And and again, because the thing of it is that first appearance with the Rams, Tony, came in cold and played great. And it was like, oh, you know what? Didn't think he'd get the chance to to start again in the National Football League. You know, interesting. Of course, yesterday we had Derek Carr um, latching on with the Saints. Yep. Saw a report on Twitter that Trey Wingo apparently tweeted out last night that Aaron Rodgers had – contact with the Jets yesterday which is interesting and if it is true and I'm not doubting Trey Wingo but if it's true then did the Packers unbeknownst to everyone in the NFL world get permission to Rodgers to shop himself maybe they did maybe right and but they seem okay with a trade getting done at some point so So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Aaron said hey I want to go talk to the Jets and they said whatever yeah go. go talk to him because look, i'm still making my decision it'll it's going to help me finalize my decision to know what my landing spots will be but the fact in that report was that he is interested in playing for new york yep. right that uh that he 
definitely sees some of the benefits that they have a team built in a lot of ways outside of the quarterback position. So <laughs> you talk about the opposite of Green Bay. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no, no question City. about it. Yeah, they'll, they'll, you know, I look. He's what's he gonna do? He's gonna he's gonna get up there with his, you know, hey, chill, relax. What he's gonna do with Aaron? What is he? You know, in the end, yeah, you know, he's gonna do like one weekly media appearance with the New York media, and then he'll go on the Pat McAfee show. Yes, he will. So, whatever the case, uh, as far as that goes, but you know, the the musical chairs game has begun in earnest, and now. The big thing today is Lamar Jackson uh, coming up uh, at 4 o'clock. The Ravens appear like they're headed towards placing the franchise tag on him. You and I agree on this, which makes it no fun to debate. But <laughs> we both would go with the non-exclusive version. Yeah, I think so. Of the tag. Because well, I think it's all pointing that direction. Well, why pay him $45 million if you could pay him $32 million? Yeah. Other than unless you, oh, I don't want to upset Lamar Jackson. Well, guess what? You already didn't give him what he wanted, which is apparently a fully guaranteed deal. So he's probably going to be somewhat upset regardless, no matter what he says after the fact. But with that, you can match any offer he signs if it's a non-exclusive tag. Or you can say, you know what? That's, you're priced out of what we're willing to pay you. And if that's the case, aren't the Ravens – because Ozzie Newsom is still heavily involved there. I mean, in fact, he's the one who came out yesterday and said, we will use the franchise tag on him, even yep. though he isn't the GM. Aren't the Ravens considered one of the best-run organizations in football? Sure. If they're not willing to give Lamar Jackson that contract, shouldn't that scare off reasonably-minded teams or at least cause them pause? Now, here's the thing. All it takes is one unreasonably minded team. Right. Like the Browns were last year. Oh, we're out of the, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Screw it. Here's every penny fully guaranteed. Oh, okay. We're back in it now. Oh, and two first-round picks. And, wow. Right. And plus the, the compensation to go get him. And that's part of the deal, too. You know, you got a quarterback who has gotten injured a good bit, hasn't had much postseason success. Now, with the non-exclusive tag, if they went that direction, mm-hmm. the team that would acquire – Lamar Jackson, if they went that direction, would have to give up the two first-round picks. Do Correct. the Ravens – does a contract have to be negotiated before they pull off the trade? And do the Ravens get a chance to match whatever that offer is? Well, I think you, you sign him to an offer sheet. Okay, so right? it's kind of like the transition tag, yes. but you got the draft compensation got, on right. the other end The of transition it. tag, you, it was even cheaper. You can match it, or if, but if you don't, he walks away. And once you use the transition tag – that player cannot be used as a calculation for compensatory picks next year. And there are teams that really, really care about that, which, again, the Jags may end up with a a third-round pick next year if Juwan Taylor gets that massive deal Sure, if he leaves here because they're not going to offset that with some massive signing, it doesn't appear. You wouldn't think, no. But, yeah, I mean, look, Lamar Jackson, he's an underrated thrower. His passing numbers have basically declined – Almost every year since his MVP season, he's thrown mm-hmm. for – this is an era, Tony. We're talking about, well, Trevor Lawrence throw for 4,600 yards. Lamar Jackson, now granted, he'll run for 1,000. And there's value to what he does, and he makes them tough to beat in a one-game situation any given week. But so far hasn't shown that he can put that team on his back and go on a run in the no, postseason yeah. against the elite teams in the league. He's only thrown for 3,000 yards once in his career. And every, oh, he's an MVP. Well, he was four years ago. You know, Matt Ryan's an MVP too. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want, I, I, I'm again, Lamar Jackson, way better than 
uh, Matt Ryan, and that's not the point. I'm just, you know, people use these simple things. Oh, he's an MVP. Well, okay. Yeah. That, that, wh- where is he right now, and why is the team that drafted him that he apparently wants to stay with, and maybe it's just that Lamar's not a good negotiator or he's a difficult negotiator or something, and maybe it's that, that he doesn't have an agent, and that is the big hang-up in this whole thing, but – I can't, man. Maybe they'll get something done by four. I'd be surprised at this point, though. I would too. And it does feel like, look, some team in the league, you would think, if they put that non exclusive tag on him, is going to be willing to give up two first round picks and give Lamar what he wants in the contract, right? Like, I think that is very likely that that would happen if they used the non exclusive tag. And I think the Ravens have a number in their head as to how much they're willing to pay and guarantee to Lamar Jackson. And if they put that non-exclusive tag on it and some team comes and says, we'll go above that number, here's the number, we'll guarantee it all. And Lamar says, all right, you know, if that's the offer sheet, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Ravens at that point say, okay, two first-round right, picks, I'll let's take, go. As opposed to fully guaranteed. Now, it also may work out, and this is why when you get these tags, it kind of dampens your market a little bit because teams feel like you're negotiating for the – team that he's already on potentially right so if he signs one let's say i think they offered him 133 million guaranteed in the deal prior to last season uh let's say a new one would have they'd be willing to go some team went 150 maybe the ravens go all right that's not that far out of range let's keep it going but again keep in mind they have gotten rid of the guy who built the offense around him greg roman is gone todd monk in the former jaguars wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator bunch of places highly successful uh has come in and is talking about we got to balance this offense this can't be so run dominant it's going to be different and i wonder boy wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall and hear what todd munkin really thinks as he's watching the film and here's my vision for our offense clearly they're trying to get something worked out so they think they can make it work with Lamar Jackson, but I'm with you. I think they just don't want to go crazy. Well, and part of the reason that I feel like it's going to wind up in that non-exclusive tag is that they they knew they were going to have to hire a new offensive coordinator. There were the reports that Lamar Jackson was going to be involved in the hiring of whoever the new coordinator was going to be, and then Lamar Jackson wasn't sought out when it came to them hiring Todd Munkin, right? Like I do feel like part of it is – we're trying to get the best offensive coordinator we can get, and it's regardless of who the quarterback is, right? Right. Like, we want the offense to be better. We realize that we have to join the 21st century when it comes to NFL offense. This worked. It's not that it hasn't worked with Lamar Jackson. It has worked. The Ravens are – they win with Lamar at quarterback. They win a lot with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So I can understand Lamar's side of it going, what's the deal, guys? Right? Like, what – I, I get it. We haven't gone on a deep playoff run. We're winning 10 games a year with me as the quarterback. Right. You know, doing but, it this way, I understand you You guys want to tweak it a little bit, do those kind of things. That's that's okay. And Lamar just wants all that guaranteed money. That's what it feels like to me is that every time whatever offer the Ravens put out there, Lamar goes, no, I want it all guaranteed. And the Ravens are like, we're not doing that. For a player that gets hurt as often as you do, for a player that runs around as much as you do at a court, at a position where one injury could end that for you, right? Like there, there's the potential of a running quarterback having that taken away from him by one injury. You want us to guarantee a contract fully for how long, right? From a Ravens perspective, I can understand them sitting in the room going, that's irresponsible for us to do it that way. 
And for Lamar to say, I want it all guaranteed, I think that's the sticking point between the two of them, and I don't know how that gets resolved by 4 o'clock today. Well, you also have to wonder, Lamar, could, do they feel like Lamar could have come back and played at the end of the year? Mm-hmm. And was he trying to prove a point, like, all right, here's what life's like without me? Well, wait a minute. Now, you're, you know, I don't know. But that, that is sure. something that cannot be overlooked. Lamar Jackson's played in five playoff games. Uh, I'm played in four. Excuse me. He's won one of them. And in those four games, he's combined for four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's passing and rushing combined. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these offensive performances, 17 points, 12 points, three points, that's what he's put up. And the one victory had 20. He never put up more than 20 points in a single postseason sure. game. So, I mean, you know, teams get to the point where they're like, we got a quarterback who's good enough, but he's not good enough to get us to wherever. I don't yeah. know if that's how they feel about him right now. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that is – Something that they're considering, and I heard the guys uh, on XL Primetime discussing it yesterday. Well, how would they replace him? Well, if Atlanta comes up and says, here's two first-round picks, or, or let's say they give the exclusive one, they mm-hmm. can still trade him, yeah. right? Maybe Atlanta gives you three, including the number eight pick in the draft. Now you got the capital to go up and get one of these guys and restart the clock. Instead of paying him $45 million, you're paying him a rookie contract that's going to be 25 for four years. Yeah. That's a huge difference. And, and maybe you can get into that C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young range, potentially, depending on how the, the top couple of quarterbacks come off the board. All right. Uh, so uh, we got the quarterback question. Which of them would you least like to see in the AFC South? That's uh, Richardson, Stroud, and and Young, and we also have fill-in-the-blank in 2023 wide receiver Calvin Ridley, Will Blank. Uh, share your thoughts with us on uh, social media, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010, or, of course, on the phone lines at that same number. We'll come back look at uh, Todd McShay's mock, and I got a seven-round Jags mock. I don't know <laughs> if y'all are tough enough to deal with seven <laughs> rounds of Jaguar mock draft talk, but uh, very interesting first time I've seen this connection in a mock draft with the Jaguars in the first round. Actually, both of these players, uh, including McShays, will do that coming up next. We are live in Ponte Vedra at the Players. Practice rounds underway right now. Come on out. Be a part of one of the great sporting events on the First Coast. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. live at the Players on 1010XL 92.5 FM. To Jaguars today with Mike Dempsey, with Tony Smith, and E.T. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Get in there, Aiden. Do your thing. Yeah, he got right, to say what he What's up? He, he, he didn't. He's got to learn that. How, yeah. how, does, how does your offspring not know how to do that, E.T.? Yeah. That was, a, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. It was just a couple of years ago. I'm going to get it right, though. I know he can do the gritty. Ooh, I know that. He do I've all seen that him. stuff. He can do all the dance. He do yeah, all that he, stuff. He's uh. First thing I get my dance moves from. Is <laughs> <laughs> that how it works? You know what? Kids these days, man. Kids these days. All right. Uh, tonight we got the military appreciation concert out here. Riley Green. I'm told is a country music superstar. Mm-hmm. Tony, I'll take your word for it. Country music people. I don't know the. I'm right there music with you. Scene, but, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, that's tonight. We got practice rounds going on. We got perfect, just gorgeous weather. High of 82 today in Pontevedra. Bring the sunscreen. Man, yeah, definitely bring the sunscreen. XL Primetime will be bringing the heat for you uh, in about 35 minutes from now. Just saw Joe C a few minutes ago. He's out there tooling around, checking out some of the 
uh, practice action right now. We can see that 10th tee box. 10, 10 is a bedeviling hole, man. Yeah. I just It, it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> but it's there's so much trouble. Just hit it straight. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's not super long. Just, uh, just uh, the All those times, amateurs get on that tee. They say just hit it straight. It's like, yeah, right, but, oh, I, sure. but I don't. If I could do that. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's so simple. If you could hit it two, 210 straight on that hole, you'd be fine. Probably. Yeah. But uh, in the few and a handful of times I've had the uh, the pleasure of playing out here, and it is a pleasure, man. Uh, that, that no doubt. Never. I think, uh, let's see, over over time, probably the, uh, in the, the massive hole-in-one, the uh, a birdie 15, which is not an easy hole, I no, don't yeah. think, you know, for an amateur. That's probably the, the, uh, the highlight for me uh birdie does 17 a couple of times but it's not that no, hard yeah. hole. you know what i mean it's yeah. just like it's like a it's like a nine iron or a, an eight maybe yeah. from the back tees i can remember the first amateur. time i got to play out here i was playing with you and carney and um i birdied 15 i birdied 16 and i stepped up on 17 and i had never played it before and you guys were like you can go first let's see how many you put in the water and i stuck it to 6 feet i do remember that right and then i got to 18 and finally just said i'll go drop with Dempsey. yeah he, you hit like four in a row <laughs> tony never hooks it no. and he hooked like four it was like light. a magnet i was so happy yeah. <laughs> i got to be honest i'm the worst it was like a I magnet was so so happy all right let's go get back on task here a little bit uh just quickly Looking at uh, some of the latest post-combine mock draft action. Todd McShay over at ESPN put his out, uh, his latest version this morning. Uh, Bryce Young going to the Colts at one after a trade-up. So the Bears initially trade down to four. C.J. Stroud goes to the Texans. By the way, he's leading our poll this morning of the quarterback you'd least like to see end up in the AFC South. Great chance that uh, both of those guys – I mean, it's going to be two of the three. Yep. Right? You would – feel overwhelmingly likely i guess the only scenario is if somebody leapfrogs both indy and houston to get up to number one and then you know maybe indy is not enamored with anthony richardson Mm -hmm. something like that and if stroud and and young in some combination go one two will anderson going three to arizona so the bears after trading down to four are open for business again and the raiders come up and take anthony richardson at four okay in this scenario uh, Tyree Wilson goes to the Seahawks. He has been, in terms of edge rusher, the number one guy on most boards uh, that you've seen lately. We've even seen him mocked as high as number three. Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon, going uh, six to Detroit. And then Peter Skaronsky, who we talked about yesterday, there was a mock that had him fall into the Jags. And we said, probably not that realistic. The other ones we looked at had him going 11, 13, and 13. Here he goes seven hmm. out of Northwestern to the Bears. So, you know, staying home, basically, yep. out of Northwestern. The Bears picking up crazy amounts of draft capital. How about this? You want your combine um, love affair. E.T., didn't you love uh, – Nolan Smith was your guy yesterday, right? And then, and now I got another guy. Uh, who's your other guy? Uh, uh, Vaughn, the, the short running back from uh, Kansas State. What's his name? Uh, I don't know his first name, uh, but uh, I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the short right. guy. The shortest so guy. Deuce, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's, that would be a much later – kind of selection sure. but that that's what we're talking about but nolan smith going eight to atlanta hmm. and i had him uh, mcshay said he had him as number five and he said you know the the peck injury limited him to what was it three sacks in eight games well he still played eight games yeah why only three sacks i feel like that the production is 
the same as Trayvon Walker's. And again, they're going to say, oh, you know what, though? At Georgia, there's so many of them, it's tough for one guy to stand out. All right. Taking a guy in the top ten as a pass rusher, I'd like to see some productivity to back that up. Uh, that's not our concern there. I mean, unless you're hoping he falls to you at 24, and after that combine, might not. Will Levis at 9 to Carolina, and then Bijan Robinson going to the Eagles at 10. So, several offensive linemen come off the board before the Jaguars pick at number 24. But uh, here, and my guy, my crush, Deontay Banks, goes one pick before them. See that mm. mocked a lot, by yeah. the way, to Minnesota. Uh, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Here's what McShay says. If the Jags let Jawan Taylor leave in free agency, they may not have a choice. Wright could be the replacement at right tackle opposite Cam Robinson. He plays with great balance. Is an out, uh, is outstanding as a run blocker. At 6'5", 333, he ran a 5.01.40, showing his quicks. I liked what I saw at the Senior Bowl. Wright would help keep quarterback Trevor Lawrence upright and open seams for running back Travis Etienne as the Jags continue to emerge as a player in the AFC. He allowed only one sack in 2022. That's the production yeah. I'm looking for right there. So, again, I, I don't know, you know, I can't break down Darnell Wright's game for you any no. more than what I just read right there, but I do think that O-tackle uh, position is definitely in play if Taylor's not I think back. it's in play. I do wish when the McShays and everyone else in the world goes through and does these write-ups on a tackle pick there that they at least mention that Walker Little is on the roster. Right would, would be good, would be helpful. Right? right, like I get it, Jawan Taylor may be walking. He's not the only tackle they have that can play that spot. I wonder if people just don't know if Walker Little can play right tackle. Maybe. You know, uh, I'm not sure. All right, let's uh, take a quick tour around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Seattle and quarterback Geno Smith have agreed to a three-year, $105 million deal. The New Orleans Saints and quarterback Derek Carr have agreed to a four-year, $150 million deal with $70 million fully guaranteed at signing. The deal also includes a no-trade clause there for Carr. The Arizona Cardinals are expected to release wide receiver Robbie Anderson and center Rodney Hudson. The Kansas City Chiefs and defensive end Frank Clark have been unable to come to an agreement on a revised contract, and the Chiefs are expected to be releasing Clark. Clark would have a $28.7 million cap hit with the Chiefs this season under his current deal. The team will save $21 million by cutting him, leaving $7.7 million in dead money. The Chiefs will not be using their franchise tag on offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Brown has been selected to the last four Pro Bowls, the last two of those with the Chiefs. Las Vegas has used their franchise tag on running back Josh Jacobs. Dallas has used their franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard. And San Francisco quarterback Brock Purdy is set to have surgery on Friday to repair the UC in his throwing elbow. All right, uh, I told you we got that seven-round mock. We may not be able to get to it uh, in depth today, but uh, the, the player we talked about a little bit earlier, the pit defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi. Yeah. Uh, I saw mock to the Jags uh, in a uh, mock that came out yesterday. It's a seven-rounder over at Draft Countdown, and I do think he's an intriguing type player, and I know you like the idea of getting that uh, – I mean, who doesn't, right? But, I mean, particularly that's been high on your list of, of desires to fill for the Jags. Yep. Some push in the interior of the defensive line. Boy, they got a lot of money tied up on that defensive line at the moment, though. Uh, you know, with, we'll see what happens with Hamilton. But, uh, you know, with Fatakasi and now Roy Robertson-Harris getting a new deal. Yep. 
That's a bunch of money sewn up there. Uh, and that's another dollar I just made for letting somebody <laughs> walk through our tent. Uh, let's go to Kirk in Clarksville, Tennessee, next up here on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Good. What's up? Well, well, first of all, today is my birthday. Okay. Oh, happy birthday. I'm not, okay. I'm not fishing you guys to throw me a happy birthday. Kind of seemed like today, you were. Today is, is my birthday, and today is my renewal day. I just renewed for season number eight for my Jaguars. All right. Now, I made a comment the last time I spoke with you guys, and I don't. I want everybody out there in Jaguar land to understand I don't want to alienate any of the fans. If I could give up my seat and not go with my family, I would for somebody else. I really, truly would. That's my heart. But if you're sitting at home and you're watching us, go outside and scream. Let people know that you're a Jaguars fan because I'm a huge one. It's a long drive, a long flight, but I do it for every single game, and I couldn't be more blessed. All right. Well, happy birthday. Um, yeah. So if you're watching at home on TV, go No, I remember Kirk, last time he called us, he was talking yes. about fans right, needing to be in the stadium. Correct. Right, like and that I kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah. don't agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I want the place And I get it. Down, like, the idea, I didn't think that you were trying to alienate fans when you said it, Kurt. I, did, I didn't think that was your intention. No, but at the same then. time, if you're a fan who's like, man, I can't afford to buy. You know, like, yeah. what, it's great that you can do that eight years in a row. Yeah. Not everyone can do that. Sure. You know, one year in a row. So I, And I, believe I, us, we know the Jaguars appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Look, uh, I think they're going to do uh, stellar in the season ticket department, I would hope. Yeah. I mean, wh- why wouldn't you, right? What? He just gave them the most exciting half, the second half of the season for the home games was absurd. Unreal. Just absurd. And then the the back-to-back Tennessee uh, L.A. Charger games, just, I mean, (laughs) mean, are you kidding me? Who wouldn't want to be part of that potential happening again? Uh, All right, let's get our man Fan Cam, who I know is always going to be part of it, it, down at TIAA Bank Field. What's up, Cam? How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. You guys have fun living the dream out there at the TPC this week. As you know, it's one of the most beautiful places there is, and uh, you guys got to be having a blast out there. I just oh, wanted yeah. to let you, I, I basically think uh, Calvin Ridley with the Jaguars will fit like a glove. And uh, one other take, it seems like just as a casual listener the last few weeks, Mike might be developing a little bit of a man crush on Bajon Robinson. And, well, I do. Uh, oh, I've got a man crush on him. There's no question. Uh, uh, he, uh, you know, everybody's available for the right price, Mike. Anyway, you oh, guys have fun. I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got- have fun. And, E, I got a new drinking game for you. You're done, done rambling. You're back to the crib. No more driving. Put on a Jaguars today over the last month. And every time Mike mentions John Robinson, do a shot of Henny. And you'll, oh, be you're, you'll die of alcohol. Oh, you should have me shammered. Yeah, yeah. That, that is not a good life advice uh, segment there from FanCam. No, love you, yeah. Now, FanCam's trying to make a, a fantasy deal with me right here is what's happening. Uh, I know what you're – I am enamored, but, you know, uh-huh. I feel like that, that squad in that league is uh, – I'm okay. Uh, we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, in fact, uh, Tony Smith and I have pretty deep playoff runs in that 32-teamer yes, this sir. year. All right, uh, so let's come back. Let's look at these questions of the day. Uh, which I think are a couple of fun ones. I think the first one is uh, an intriguing debate here. And, uh, you know, I think the guy that you list third may end up being, you know, the guy who ends up being the most dangerous, and you don't know sure. who that's going to be. So which quarterback out of the top three draft prospects do you least want to see end up in the AFC South? And fill in the blank, 
In 2023, wide receiver Calvin Ridley will blank. We'll discuss when we return in the moment live at TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course as practice rounds underway for the Players' Championship 2023. to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, lots to do. A little time to get it done. And uh, quickly, I just saw um, Cristiano sent me a link to the Lance Zerline latest mock draft. Guess who he has? Also, Kalaja Kansi ah. out of pit. So, you know, he certainly put his name in the first round consideration. This feels like people going, you know what? This guy's coming off the board in the first 31 picks. Only 31 this year. Where is he going to fit in? Probably not going to be a top 10 guy. So uh, that's the second mock in a row I've seen, uh, or at least two of the last three that have uh, the Jags taking Kalaja Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. One quick thing. Somebody on the text line yesterday asked, and I, I almost forgot to get to it uh, today, Tony, just about um, signing bonuses. And if you can sign a guy to a signing bonus, why, why don't, instead of paying them, like a salary, why don't they do that to avoid the cap charges? Well, you only avoid it in the short term. Yeah. Right? So, again, simple math here. Five-year contract worth, let's say, $21 million. Okay? Uh, you can make it a $20 million signing bonus, $1 million base salary this year, and he gets all $21 million right now, right? It just as a hypothetical. I'm just oversimplifying this. Mm-hmm. But then you chop that up. Over the four years, so it'd be a six million dollar cap hit as opposed to twenty one million. But each of the next three years yeah. would be five million, five million, five million. And then if you cut him, anything that's left, boom, accelerates into that year's cap. Well, and it's not always what you want to do. It depends on your cap. Right, situation. you might want to spend it now. Right. Like the last couple of years, the Jags didn't need to spread out a bunch of cap hits necessarily. They could afford to absorb it. Um, with whoever they were signing the last couple of years. Now, this year they're having to play with the math a little bit more. So they are doing the you know restructures and that kind of thing, but it depends on the situation the team's in. Uh, all right, uh, today's questions today, we've got a pair of them, uh, so let's answer them in the form of a 10-10 take. 10-10-10. take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. All right, the first question on the board, Tony. Uh, which of these three quarterbacks would you least like to see in the AFC South? Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. How do you answer? I would answer Anthony Richardson. I'll, I'll, I'm not really all that fearful of any of the three of them. Right, but I think Anthony Richardson is the one that I can see the the talent set being a guy that could wind up being a top ten quarterback in the league. I'm the same. Right? Way. Like, like the other the two, I think are like kind of mid tier. They're Derek Carr to me in my head. Right, like that's what I think the other two guys are. I think they're going to be solid NFL quarterbacks, but Richardson I think has a chance to be in the top tier of the league. And if he busts out, they'll just reset anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I'm surprised. I didn't know if you'd go that way. Uh, it's just because I look at the top end, right? I mean, C.J. Stroud, like Anthony Richardson, if it all clicked, could be a top five weapon at the position. Josh right? Allen. Right, he could be that. Yeah. Will he be that? Maybe it's unlikely, but I don't want to give the Colts or the Texans a chance to find out. Uh, C.J. Stroud won in this poll nearly 48% saying Stroud's the guy they don't want to see in the division. Uh, Bryce Young at 29%, 23% agree with us on Richardson. All right, so fill in the blank. 
In 2023, wide receiver Calvin Ridley will what? Will the huh. Calvin Ridley this year will be a 1,000-yard receiver and a borderline Pro Bowl player. Okay. Uh, mine was just going to be will have the second-best year of his career. I don't think he's going to have the 1,300-yard season he had with Atlanta, but keep in mind that's his only 1,000-yard season mm-hmm. as well, right? And that's because Julio Jones was still at – in the early stages of Calvin Ridley's career in his prime, and he was taking a back seat to him. So, yep. I mean, uh, that uh, that I think we're answering it with different words, and we're saying about the same thing. Similar, He's going to be yeah. like an 1,100-yard, 1,200-yard uh, guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's some of the responses we got. Uh, fill in the blank, Calvin Ridley will, from Scott, make our offense a nightmare for opposing defenses to game plan for. Cristiano said, prove bulky is really master class. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I mean, you look, this is one of the savviest moves that he's made. It yeah. really is. Um, it's not savvy to draft Trevor Lawrence at number one overall. It'd be horrendously stupid to do anything but that. Right. Um, will make everyone regret not drafting a number one wide receiver in fantasy football. I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, will draw a lot of opposition attention away from Kirk Ingram and Jones. Yes, I agree with that. Will change Jaguars offense like Jimmy Smith did in his prime. Ooh. That's a big one. Uh, Let's see. I'm skipping that one. Uh, We'll have a Pro Bowl season. We'll win Comeback Player of the Year. We'll have a down year compared to everyone's expectations. All right. That's fine. You know what? If you just don't think that he's going to live up to it. Um, We'll tie or break Jaguars receiving touchdown record. What is that, 14 for A-Rob? I think so. Right? I'd bet the under. Uh, we'll be a game changer. We'll start slow, but by midseason, find his drive. I love this from Big Will. No eye-popping stats, but huge average yards per catch and double-digit TDs. So you mean <laughs> other than those eye-popping stats? Uh. You won't have any other <laughs> eye-popping stats. Uh, we'll be rusty and lacking chemistry the first six games. Then have stretches of being unstoppable, a la Evan Ingram last season. We'll lead the team in receptions of 20-plus yards. We'll catch 95 balls for 1274 Book it, Dano. All right. Hmm. That's very specific right there. Uh, we'll be a top 300 fantasy player. My God. Uh, I would <laughs> hope so. Yeah. We'll be a lot better than that. Uh, we'll either be one of the best receivers the Jaguars ever had or be a problem child. I don't have any concern about him being a problem child. Calvin Ridley going to be on his best behavior, man. Calvin Ridley's think, got yeah. this is his chance to resurrect his career and uh, you know put himself in line, whether it's here or elsewhere, for that massive contract extension which he hasn't gotten uh the way his uh career has gone so far playing on the fifth year option this year at about 11 million bucks all right that was a lot of uh, stuff today it was appreciate the jags making so much news for us uh, to delve into but we got to clear the decks for xl primetime so let's say hello the two minute drill brought to you by tire outlet keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service tire out jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop all right matt hayes is here in the rarely seen uh 1010xl cabana shirt right yeah now. you know we don't see those i figure look if it's a big event and it is a big event it is a big event Break I, I might have saved that for like Break Thursday or Friday, though, man. I mean, wow. Where, where are you going to take this now over the next three days? Where do you go from here? Come come to the tent and find out. All right. Yeah. Come by at the Sawgrass Square. I'll uh, say with the heat, today's kind of cabana day. Yeah, it is. Three-piece suit Oof. on Friday yeah. for Matt Hayes, man. Uh, what's going on? How are things? Great, man. I mean, Jack's got a receiver that uh, could potentially 
potentially be the guy they've needed to stress defenses. Sure. Open up other things for the other three. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Exciting ex time in this town. Officially, okay. Evan Ingram back in the fold, although nobody suspected otherwise. Would have been nice to get the deal done, at least to have the option to franchise Taylor. You know, I mean, at this point, Jags are effectively $8 million over the cap when you make the room for the rookie class with right. the picks they have right now. So you got to clear $8 million just to break even. Hard to imagine there's a scenario where they're keeping Juwan Taylor off another roster. It's odd year. because, you know, as recent as, what, last week at the Combine, that's what they were, they were saying. They'd like, they like to get both of them. They like to have I, both. I think they would like to get both of them. But then, you know, Fowler put out that report, and I'm sure he was hearing it at the Combine, that his market's going to be 17 to 18 per. I mean, we're sitting here. Tony brought uh, – there are seven right tackles making $9 million. And you're going to pay double that? For no. Juwan Taylor, based on no. one, really especially good when you year. have when you have Walker Little there, yeah. Well, and yeah. that's the thing. What what do we know about what they think he can do at right tackle? He didn't win the job last year, you know. I mean, so maybe in the back of their mind, they're going, "We got it. Like this is our top priority." And you're starting to see that in some of the mocks to get a right tackle, let them battle it out, and then maybe Cam Robinson goes after this year, right, with one year left on the deal, and you put Walker Little in on the left side. Who knows, you know? But uh, so you go with, like, Dewan Jones at 24, the I, big 6'8 kid? I don't know about him, man. I, I, I worry about State. guys that get that big that are, you know, that are a little slow-footed and all that stuff. But whether it's him or anybody else, I do think that position's at play yeah. at 24 for yeah. sure. What are you guys talking about today? That All that. All that and more. Uh, we're going to talk about, of course, the draft, of course, the Jags, and Anthony Richardson's unique unique week at the Palm <laughs> Line. That has, that has vaulted him. You know, I mean, he could be the first overall. He could be. He, he absolutely Which could Which is be. just an, an absolute amazing turnaround. At this point, it looks like, you know, I, I mean, you're not getting out of the top ten uh, for sure. And there's a lot of convincing scenarios where Chicago trades down multiple times, and he ends up as no worse than the fourth pick right. in the draft. I was going to say, it's trending more toward not getting out of the top five. Yeah, yeah probably so, yeah. right? But, I mean, at the baseline minimum. I mean, look, it's, again, we've talked about this already, but. <laughs> Did we not know he was a great athlete? Like, I think NFL decision makers are going, oh, you know. If I, it's what if, they do, man. It's what they do every year at the Combine. Yeah, but not everybody falls for it. You well, know what I mean? Like, the, the mock drafters fall for it. Well, and I think locally we've had the discussions about the weaknesses in Anthony Richards' game for a while. Right. right? I don't think that's been going on nationally. Right? I think nationally he showed up at the Combine and they're like the national people are like, Whoa. Look at this guy. Let's put on that right? Utah tape. Like, you wait the next couple months, the knives are coming out. That's how the draft process works. So, right now, he's the hot guy. I don't know how that ends up for him. But, yeah, right now, it feels like he's a lock for the top ten. I think by the time the entire conversation happens, I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up more in the teens when everything is mm. said and done. I would be. But uh, it, right I, now, he's I, uh, I rocket. Think, I don't think he I gets past all those. I think he's going top ten. I don't either. Sure. I, I think you're going to see a lot of the – Utah tape, the Tennessee tape, the Texas A&M tape, where he played really well. Right. Like, there were like three or four games where he played really well. But other than that, you're like, whoa. All right. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, you know, uh, kicking off the week. Gorgeous weather. Great show coming up with XL Primetime. Matt Hayes, thank you, Matt. Thank you, fellas. All right, there you go. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, Michael Cheever on the program tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, what you've been up to Wednesday or whatever we call that. Where you been? Where you been Wednesday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that. Uh, by the time the season rolls around, I'll have that locked in. But uh, Michael Cheever, former Jaguar offensive lineman, will join the program yesterday. Big Sirs is 
old teammate uh, back in the day. And uh, we handed off to XL Primetime for ET back at the homestead for Tony Smith. I'm Mike Dempsey. Stick around for wall-to-wall coverage on 1010XL of the players and everything else sporting-wise here on the First Coast right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. So guess what? 1010 is popping, and there won't be no stopping. Bang, bang, bang.